0: 2021 guys what a year it has been it has been an exciting year it's been a crazy year there's been transitions there's been adjustments new addition whatever the case may be for all of us in our life whether if it's with the blue stable rashad me whatever the case may be this is the last show of 2021 uh you know, maybe we should have done a shot. Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm not we sure. We
1: should have. We should have.
0: We should have. Uh, but you know what? My crown's in the other room, and I got to, you know, stay here on camera for you lovely people. We'll,
1: so, we'll do it for the first episode of next year.
0: Right. Of next year. Of next year. <laughs> next year yeah, right. Absolutely. Do Salute. Uh, so, the last episode of 2021. Of course, welcome to the Blue Stable Podcast. My name is Michael Terrazas, as always. Joined by me is... Rashawn McGinnis, man, how – uh, 2021, man.
1: Great year, man. Great year. Great year oh, yeah. to be a Col- Colts fan, especially uh, top of the year. We was in the playoffs th- at the beginning of this year, and we're headed right back for the playoffs again at the beginning of the next year. Let's close this year out right. Uh, we, I, even though the, first, the next game will be in the beginning of next year, but let's close this year out with a good episode, Mike. This is our last episode without Dustin, too, as well.
0: Right, right. Yeah, something I'm so looking forward to. Uh, <laughs> definitely uh, more more of his very, very interesting takes coming back to the show. I'm getting very antsy to, to, to debate with him on that. Uh, but that will be later in the show. That will be, well, not in the show, but later in the year, in the next year or so, guys. But nonetheless, the Colts are going to have their home finale this Sunday, or maybe just their last home regular season game. Maybe we might have a home playoff game. Who knows? Well, they're probably going to have a home playoff game. Let's just say that. So guys, the Oakland, the Las oh, Vegas. I'm sorry. That was actually going to do
1: that about three more times. This that's a
0: real there. mistake. That wasn't intentional. I'm sorry. The loss. Vegas Raiders, I'm sorry, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are coming to town. Now, we have faced the Raiders, what, this is going to be three years in a row or so? I believe so. I'd say three or four I think. Uh, Yeah, I think it's going to be three for four years in a row, I want to say. I know we played them in 2019 because that's when Jacoby Brissett lost the game for us. 2020 was when we had the um, I can't remember, but well, we will look at it later. Uh, later in the show, but the Colts can clinch a playoff berth. They control their own destiny. They can clinch it by beating them this Sunday once again. They're looking to stay hot, and how to do that at home, they can definitely do it. So, real quick, before we get into all that. First, Rashad and I need to discuss business, all right? Now, I'm actually going a little bit off script if I'm being honest with you guys because tomorrow, today, yesterday, whatever, whenever y'all are uh, listening to this show, there are two big games going on uh, in the college football playoff. Uh, Georgia, Michigan going head-to-head. Cincinnati, Alabama going head-to-head. And we need to give our predictions – for these games. So Rashad, start us off, man, for both.
1: I'm gonna start us off by saying the four teams that I predicted would be in the college playoffs is in the college playoffs. That was my prediction. Mike was gonna gloss over the fact that I got all four of my teams right. But this is when I predict who will play in the finals. It will be. I'm gonna save the one Mike waiting for for last. I'm going with Michigan over Georgia. Let's get that. Straight okay. right now, okay. Michigan over Georgia, and then I'm going with let's be serious here, Alabama over Cincinnati, Michael Terrazes. Because I know you have a different oh. take on this. Oh, I know you have a different take on this. I saw the chat earlier, hmm. I saw you
0: spitting hot fire in the chat. Wow, so go ahead and tell the people what I'm alluding to. Well, I mean you literally just said let's be real let's spit facts but then proceeded to lie and give false hope to the people so uh going with michigan state or michigan state going to michigan i'll take the wolverines as well um you know jogbo he's gonna have a big game of course aiden hutchinson uh he thrives off having a jog, a jog as a teammate. That's why he's able to have a lot of sacks. He's really not that good to me. It's just a jog really changes the defense. So Aiden Hutchinson, he's very mid Uh Forty time is probably gonna be like a four nine or something very, like that. Very what? Very mid. He's very mid. Very very excuse mid. Like mid talent. Excuse me. Uh, fourth round grade for me right oh now. God. So he's pretty. You trash. have been drinking. You took your. You took your shot. You took your <laughs> shot. before <the laughs> I'm show. a. I'm an incredible white lightweight. Yeah, uh, but uh, for real, I'm gonna go Michigan. Mm-hmm. I just think physicality from what we saw against Alabama. I mean, we've seen it from Georgia a little bit. They have not. I mean, I really. Hope very soon, or actually this has been the past few years, that we can stop overhyping the SEC. Yes, they do produce NFL talent, but they're not that tough in the SEC unless you're Alabama or Georgia. And the games I've watched this year, even when they went head-to-head, have identified that, and the bowl games are identifying that as well. So I think Michigan outmatches Georgia. I think it'll actually be a blowout. I'm going to take Michigan uh, 37-17. to Uh, and then to the real game that's gonna happen first: Cincinnati, Alabama going one on one in Arlington. This is this is the game I've been waiting for, and I'm not gonna lie, man. I almost bought tickets to this game, but unfortunately, I'm like, you know what? What's more important, Bills or uh, a game? Of course, I had to go with the Bills, so I'm taking Cincinnati. In this game, I really, I've been rooting for them all year. Of course, they're the underdog. What are, I think Alabama's favored by 14 and a half, I believe. So Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter, the weapons, the defense versus the offense, Cincinnati's defense, that's where I'm going to be standing up. You know, That's the, the real matchup. That's, that, that's the real gonna, matchup here. That's going to be best on best. Uh, physicality, talent, speed all over the place. NFL talent all over the place. So... I'm going to take Cincinnati, Michigan, and hell. Why not? I'll go with Cincinnati to win it all. I'll go with Cincinnati to win it all, man. This is just me getting on the bandwagon, okay? Do I truly believe they'll win the national championship? No. Do I think they'll beat Alabama? I think they have a really good chance. I just think people are writing them off way, way, way too much, too early. So that's going to be our predictions, guys. We're going to get into some Colts football now, okay? We'll, please, discuss, please. we'll discuss about my right predictions when we come back next week. But the COVID list, they you know, things have been crazy. Things have been, you know, all over the place with COVID. But the good news is the CDC basically said, fuck it. We don't care about a pandemic. And they changed the guidelines, and so did the NFL. So to the new guidelines, it's helping us out. Who are we getting back from COVID already been activated from the COVID list this week. Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard, Kari Willis, Zach Paschal, Mark Lewinsky, Rocky Sin, Kamoko, Ray. The people that have been added to the COVID list are Braden Smith, TJ Carey, Malik Jefferson, and Marlon Mack. Now, I, I think those guys right there will be out for this game, so we might see Matt Pryor at right tackle uh, for Braden Smith. But getting the big guys back, especially the linemen, obviously getting Rocky Sin Sin back is going to be big. So uh, for COVID as well, of course, for the Raiders, Carl Nassib, a big piece of their rotation on the defensive line, edge rushers, Kendall Vickers, and then obviously the superstar, Darren Waller, who hasn't really been that much of a superstar as of late, but still he's a tight end and tight ends kill us. Now it won't this time. So, from those of course the additions of Ryan Kelly coming back of course he was very heartbroken it was kind of sad to see you know him talking about not coming uh not coming back for the Christmas game because he didn't want his wife to be alone on Christmas after having buried his daughter uh so of course our thoughts and prayers are still with them as well uh very it, it takes a lot of strength for him to even come back to work he did say it would be it would help big in his healing process. Paris Campbell is back. Jim Irsay, Uh, I'm not sure if he pissed off Chris Ballard or Frank Reich by this because usually is not reporting news, but did say Paris Campbell was in practice today. So discussing Paris Campbell just a little bit here. How will he be used? Will he be activated for this game? Will he be activated for next game? Whatever the case may be. Um, Look, I think the conditioning is actually might be a little bit down right now because everybody else obviously is up to speed, up to par. They're in football shape. How will Paris Campbell be? How will he be used? Honestly, I don't see a lot of touches for him. I just see a lot of decoy because even if you know he's still he's still a piece that defenses look at. So all the end arounds, the swing passes, the Jets, all that that goes to Michael Pittman. They could use a Campbell as a decoy, freeing up T.Y. Hilton, freeing up Pittman, and bringing him back, to me, makes us better because it's a decoy, and it can help open up the offense a little bit more. How will he make his stamp by pass catching? I have no idea, but seeing him back will definitely be a huge relief.
1: Yeah, man, you got to be excited anytime you get – a player back that can open up your offense the way Paris Campbell can. I mean, it sucked to see him go down early, especially um, the same game he caught a, a monster bomb and just illustrated exactly what his role is, uh, what his role can be in this offense, an offense that desperately lacks explosive talent at the wide receiver position. Um, but beyond Michael Pittman, you know, we're, we've been searching for that guy that can step up um, Ashton Doolin ha- has stepped up and, and done what he can, done what he can do in what was asked him to do as kind of subbing in for that Paris Campbell role in the offense. But it is good to get him back. Uh, like you said earlier, you spoke about what capacity he will be used in. I don't think it, it'll be much. Um, Conditioning is real, folks. You know, these guys rehab injuries, and and they're not in football shape. They don't just come back and, and get back instantly where they was, where they spent all training camp and preseason trying to get to. They don't just snap their fingers and it's just back. So I think if he if he does play this week, we'll see him in spurts. Uh, they'll try to implement him a little more next week for the, uh, the season closer in Jacksonville. But what I most importantly think he's back for is that playoff run. I think Frank Wright is going to really try to get him back into the offense, get him a little comfortable so he can scheme some things up him in, in the playoff run. Because let's be honest, not a lot of teams got a lot of tape on Paris. Uh, they only seen him in spots. So it's kind of hard to really evaluate how he's going to be used in the offense when you haven't seen him that much. So I think that's a nice little wrinkle that that's back to this offense and this offense needs all the help it can get at wide receiver. So seeing Paris back practicing is a welcoming sign for this Indianapolis coast team.
0: You know, what's crazy is Paris is in year three and he still hasn't been used the way Frank wants to use him. That's he just what's haven't had a to chance do. to, yeah. He just, just, just hasn't had, had a, a chance. chance. And, you know, staying with the wide receivers and we were talking about this actually a little bit in the chat. Uh, With Mm -hmm. the rest of the guys and talking about T.Y. Hilton going back to last night's hard knocks episode, which we were all excited for when obviously after uh, Coach Reich announced all the pro bowlers and everything T.Y. Hilton gathered the team around and really gave an inspirational speech, not even just inspirational, something that just reminds you to keep going, something that reminds you that, man, we still haven't even reached the fullest of our potential and that's the leadership that he provides you know if it's leadership okay uh have the results been there the results are kind of picking up a little bit which i'm actually excited for it's giving me a little bit more calmness when it comes to game game. day he's had he's had solid games Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know we were talking earlier super bowl how likely is it we don't know but he's mentioned a few times this year already and he mentioned today how retirement is in the back of his head he will make his decision with jack doyle said he one of his favorite teammates ever and he'll his decision will reflect jack's decision and jack doyle i believe still has a year i think remaining on his contract ty hilton only 32 years of age he's still he can still play and the fact that we're talking about this at hit at 32 years old just just lets you know how much of an impact injuries can have On a football career because the last three years neck shoulder knee high low ankle sprains it's been all over the place and the fact that he's he contemplated retirement before coming back and he's mentioned retirement multiple times it just gets you ready and hope hoping that you know we couldn't do it for Andrew Luck we couldn't do it for Peyton Manning we couldn't do it for Antoine Bethea for Reggie Wayne but for T.Y. Hilton you want to send him out with a Super Bowl, man, and, you know, will he retire or will he not? We'll get into that later on as the season goes, but you don't want anything more than to see this guy hoisting up a Lombardi in February.
1: No, I mean, he's the staple for Indianapolis. You know, uh, him and Jack Doyle, longest tenure coach, I mean, a coach, and he said that his decision will hinge largely on what Jack Doyle decides to do. So, you know, they, they it's a possibility they can go out together I know Doyle has one more year left on his contract, and maybe that's that's the incentive for him to come back for one more year. And maybe that ultimately brings T.Y. back uh, for another year. But, you know, I just don't want it to end ugly. I know last offseason it almost did with, with T.Y. and Ballard basically having to stare down, you know, and see who was going to blink first until Ursa intervened and stepped in to get it done And I just hope it's not another situation like that. Hopefully, if T.Y. decides to come back, it's just a nice, quiet process. Or if he decides to ride off into the sunset, man, he deserves to go. But he deserves to go on his own terms and not under a situation like it was last year. So hopefully, T.Y. does what he feels like is best for him and his family and his body, most importantly, because he's a small guy and he's been taking hits for a long time. So 32, yeah, it's not that. It's not old. But you know it can take a toll on a guy his size, so I definitely understand if his decision is to walk away, and I got nothing but respect for that man and for everything he's
0: done for the city of Indianapolis. And hey, I'm not even I'm not even complaining. Uh, for people that think like like you said, the what is it eight million dollars could be an incentive for him to come back. For people, for those of you that are saying, oh, if he retires, he'll forfeit that money, and that'll go to our salary cap. We'll have more money for the free agency. I don't even see Chris Ballard doing that. If he decides to retire, here, here's the rest of your contract. And because that he he likes to do right by his players that way. And that's the way he's always said, take care of your own. I don't know if he'll do that for sure, but I just just knowing Chris Ballard, I think that's what he'll do. That's what he'll do for Jack Doyle. So that is a quick conversation we definitely wanted to have with you guys. Getting into the matchups that we like. You all you already know. We get into it for the preview for every show, the matchups. That we like. And this time we're going to start with the matchups that we like. So Rashad, I'm going to start with you, man. The Raiders, streaky bunch, can be hot, cold, whichever Sunday. Which matchups you like? Oh, man. I'm going to go with
1: Jonathan Taylor, man. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor against any team in the league probably with the exception of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it seemed like. But I'm going to go get Jonathan Taylor against this Raiders defense. Raiders defense is not bad against the run, you know, it's a pretty decent team. But Jonathan Taylor is due for a big game. I just feel like he is. Uh, last week, he he's so talented that he had 107 yards, and people were saying that was a down game for him, you know. Like, that's how ridiculously talented that man is. I know he took the first carry for 41 yards, and the rest of the game he was pretty modest – but I think he's gonna have a big game. He's up over 1,600 yards. Um, if he wants a shot at 2,000, which I think is highly unlikely, he need to go crazy these last a uh, couple of games. And we know last year he ended the game, ended the year off on a 253 yard outburst. Uh, this is a game Jonathan Taylor may go for. 150, 160, just depending on what his offensive line is actually looking like. I know we don't know about the tackle situation as of right now, what they're going to do as far as Braden. Braden, I don't think, you know, is going to play. It, it should be Matt Pryor. I don't know if Eric Fisher's going to play. He has two straight DMPs. So um, I guess we're looking at Davenport. If if Kelly can't go, I'm not Kelly. I'm sorry. Fisher can't go, which scares me to death. But we'll figure it out, man. We'll We'll make it work. We show Jonathan Taylor can run behind any offensive line. This offensive line is guaranteed to be in better shape than it was last week in Arizona. So I think Jonathan Taylor will be fine.
0: Yeah, definitely. I like it. I like it. I'm actually going to stay with, uh, I'm going to stay on offense. I'm going to take our receivers against their secondary. Right now, uh, you know, KJ Wright, Casey Hayward, you know, those guys are on the COVID list, but they were put on Monday, Tuesday. So, They just might be ready to go with these new Mm -hmm. guidelines in. They just might be ready to go uh, for Sunday. Now, again, Darren Waller was placed on that later on in the week, so he will be out for this game. Wide receiver Brian Edwards, who is essentially maybe their number one guy now. Him or Hunter Renfro, who is really a sneaky good player. You know, he was a nobody at Clemson and then had a breakout game in the biggest game of the year and made a name for himself. And now he's at, what, 936 receiving yards on the year, so – I'll take our receivers against their secondary. You know, T.Y. Hilton coming on a little bit. Michael Pittman Jr. having a good game last week. Really going to keep that going. I mean, when you really look at it, I mean, here, I, I, I'll read the names, guys. I, I'll read the names. All right. Casey Hayward Jr., Trayvon Merrig, uh, Dallin Leavitt, Brandon. Oh, man. my Faison. Brandon Faison. I think right now the Raiders are just all over the place on defense. You know, I think their defensive line might be their strongest, you know, Yannick Ngakwe, Max Crosby, who is a pro bowler. That's my matchup. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Uh, Yannick Ngakwe and, you know, Jonathan Hankins, former Colt Jonathan Hankins uh, Mm. on, on the defensive line, Quentin Jefferson, of course. But the linebackers really all over the place, the secondary Got mad love. Still got mad love for my guy, Trayvon, man. Still got mad love for him, Uh, but we're probably going to have to pick on him a little bit. I don't know. I don't think I would pick on him. Uh, He's actually been one of the better rookie rookie secondary players this year. He's actually graded as one of the better ones in the league, so I wouldn't test him too much on the deep ball, especially because he's got size standing at 6'2", and definitely got size. Don't want to test him too much down the field. So, Let's get into matchups that we don't like a little bit, all right? So I think I heard Rashad say earlier in the – earlier, you know, like maybe two minutes ago, <laughs> I'll actually let him go first on this one since he kind of already announced it. Um,
1: Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby are coming off the edge, you know, and that's been our Achilles Hill. Whoever's lined up over Eric Fisher has been having a day. You know, they don't always wreck the game, but it seems like they're always really close to wrecking the game if they don't wreck the game. So whoever decides to line up over Eric Fisher, if if Eric Fisher's even playing or even worse, whoever decides to line up over Julian Davenport um, can be in for a day. Both of those guys, man, are, are above average pass rushers. Uh, Yannick, Yannick and Gakwe, I believe, have nine sacks on a year. I think Max Crosby is somewhere around six or seven. Uh, they're both extremely productive. They both have great get-off. Max Crosby has a motor that just doesn't quit. Yannick Ngakwe, physical freak. Um, I really was hoping the coach made a run at him last offseason when we was in desperate search of a pass rusher, although Ballard decided to double up in the draft. Hopefully, we can find a way to scheme up Uh, some protections. Maybe we keep a running back in the chip uh, sometimes. Maybe we go max protect on some of these play actions to kind of give Carson Wentz some time to attack that secondary that Mike is talking about because the secondary is really beat up. And and they're not very good pass defense, even when they are healthy. Raiders run a lot of single high. They run a lot of man. So it'll be easy to exploit them in in some crossers and and some mesh that we all know Frank Wright loves to run. So hopefully we can find a way to block, to keep those two guys blocked but right now, if they're going one-on-one all game, that matchup terrifies me. Mike, what you got?
0: Okay, so that was going to be like the only legitimate matchup that I didn't like, the yeah. pass rushers over Eric Fisher or Julian Davenport. Uh, I got faith in Matt Pryor. He's played well at the position when he uh, stepped in for Braden Smith. What was it, for like four or five games or so? Um, so that's the only legitimate matchup that i don't like honestly honestly everywhere else i like, lo- i love the matchups but if there's one area where i had to think man i don't like this for the colts it would have to be the raiders passing game against our secondary honestly yes that was Rockison, my second one Ra- Rocky Sin, isaiah rogers xavier rose kenny moore pro bowler kenny moore we got to address them as that now pro bowler kenny moore they have done a great job uh yes the, you know fix your tie Mm -hmm. Kari Willis, George Odom, the game Mm -hmm. of his life last week. We know they're playing well, and I acknowledge that, and I have complete faith in them, but like I said earlier in the show, the Raiders are streaky. One game they're coming out and they're firing on all cylinders. Derek Carr's having a great game. Wide receivers are in sync, but then the next game, they're playing like they did against the Broncos. They're playing like they did against the Browns, but Then they turn it on, and then they go down to Arlington and beat Dallas the way they did, and then they're streaky. And if they're going to be streaky, Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, Deshaun Jackson, Morrow the tight end, Josh Jacobs, these guys can get hot, and Derek Carr can get hot. Now, this is all going to predicate on how successful our defensive line is against their offensive line, which I don't think is very good. But Derek Carr's ability to get out of the pocket, step up into the pocket, run is really gonna be a huge key here. So their passing game against our secondary gotta hold up, gotta get pressure, got to affect Derek Carr. You have to. I of course I love Kenny Moore versus Hunter Renfro. Give me Kenny. I love Rockison versus Brian Edwards. Give me Rocky Asin, Isaiah Rogers versus Deshaun Jackson, a vet, a speedster. Still, I would like Isaiah Rogers in that. I I do like it. But if the Raiders come out on their A-game, A-plus game, it's going to be a long, nervous day, honestly. Derek Carr could
1: get hot, man. Carr can
0: get hot, and he's a good quarterback. I just think being playing on the Raiders has really not allowed him to really focus on or really – put out his MVP-type level that he was in, what, 2014, I want to say?
1: I think it was I, when he got hurt. When, when got he got MVP? hurt. He
0: got hurt yeah. against us, I think. Yeah. I can't even remember who made the sack. Eric Walden, leg. Robert Mathis? Uh, I can't remember either, but yeah. Someone made – no, trick Cole. That's who, who sacked Derek Carr. And it was like the second-to-last game of the season. He was yeah. on the MVP tear, and then he broke his fibula. So – I think he should demand a trade, honestly, go somewhere. Hell, maybe even, I don't know, go to Cleveland. Swat I thought
1: you were and about to say Andy. Mike, I about to hang up this Zoom call.
0: Honestly, I would take Derek Carr if we already didn't have Carson Wentz. Honestly, I would yeah, take Yeah, me him. too. He plays too. with if fire. We
1: didn't, if we didn't have a quarterback, I would, I would take I, I like Derek Carr.
0: Yeah, I like him too. So that's the area that I'll say, you know, kind of – has me a little bit on edge because this is still a week-to-week league in the NFL. We're playing hot, but also the Raiders are fighting for their playoff lives. They have a huge chip on their shoulder. Everything that has gone wrong for them this year, John Gruden, unfortunate tragedy with Henry Ruggs, all this stuff going around. They have a chip on their shoulder that they want to prove. So we got to get into the keys to the game, keys to victory, all right? We're going to go three. We're going to go Two with me. We're going to go one little shot, and I will go first. First key to victory no turnovers on offense. Offense do not turn the ball over. Carson Wentz. No. Michael Pittman. No. Jonathan Taylor. No. I was thinking about saying it, but I don't want to jinx them. No, no, no.
1: I think I'm going to go with something real specific. I'm going to go with the play action game. Um, we're going to run the ball well. We're going to do that regardless. That's it, that's going to be what it's going to be. But it's something we're going to go to. That's our staple. But to be able to have a counterpunch off of that run game is, I think, the next step this offense has to take. Uh, a consistent play action game, we know what it does to the defense. Uh, we know what it does to linebackers and safeties. It gets those guys creeping up, and we know that's how – Frank Rice schemes up most of his big plays. Uh, Most of his shot plays for Carson come off of play action. And Carson, I need you to sometimes, you know, settle for that that shallow crosser that's coming across the field and not have to look down the field all the time on those play action plays. Mm -hmm. You don't have to take the high-risk play so much. Sometimes there's an underneath guy running free. We've seen several times the checkdown was open. And if you hit some of those checkdowns in stride, they can break for long plays. You know, if you give those players opportunities to make plays after they get the ball, like we saw Moelle Cox go for a 37 yard game, the slowest 37 yard game I've ever seen in my life, but we saw it happen. Just hit a guy in stride underneath. Sometimes let them do the work for you. You don't always have to go for the big play. And I I like the fact that you're protecting the ball as well as you have lowest interception rate in in coach history. uh, Right. As of this point, hopefully you can continue to, to just do your thing, man. And, and, Make that play-action game a focal point this week against that weak rate
0: of secondary. There you go. And my next one, honestly, it's going to be a key, but also I'm actually going to put a stat prediction out there. Mm. Get this after Derek Carr, and I think we log six sacks mm. on Sunday. I say we D- get Divvy him out. Sacks. Divvy
1: him out. Divvy him out. Who gets what?
0: Two and a half goes to Buckner. Damn. 0.5 goes to Odangbo. Okay. So we're at three. Mm-hmm. I think Quitty Pay, I'll say Quitty Pay gets two. What? Quitty Pay gets two. Kenny Moore gets one. Wow. I'll say Mike, that.
1: If you call that correct. <laughs> I will come on the next show and call you the greatest sports mind <laughs> that, Damn. I've met, that I've ever met in my
0: life. If you predict that right,
1: all right. If you that right, two, you're to go.
0: Two and a half for Buckner. Odegbo gets 0.5, Quidi Pay gets two, Kenny Moore gets one. That is my stack prediction, but also another key to the game: you have to affect Derek Carr. Get home. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of times we get our hands on him, but we have to get home don't get on the street and drive by the driveway and just completely miss getting home you gotta get home so that leads to our predictions rashad home regular season finale because we're gonna have another one in the playoffs Mm -hmm. home regular season finale you imagine lucas oil is going to be electric it's going to be wild also shout out to the colts fans there was a lot of Colts fans in Arizona Saturday night. Huge, huge props to you guys. Now, Rashad, what are we thinking?
1: Man, we not gonna mess around with this one. I got the Colts and I got them 31 to 17. 31 17. Colts win this game comfortably. I do think the Raiders will come out swinging, but we know this Colts offense, they can score the ball. They're a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense, respectfully in DVOA so I expect this coach team to come out and perform just the way they way they have been man I think they forced a couple turnovers at defense you know the opportunistic defense we didn't get one last week which was uncharacteristic but we will bounce back this week with a couple like Mike said get Derek Carr rattled make him uncomfortable and I think you can even force a fumble or two from Josh Jacobs who has a couple fumbles this year already
0: yeah, like you said, we're not gonna play around with it. We're gonna go to the Colts. I think the Colts are just better on in, in all three phases, everywhere around the field. I'm gonna take the Colts. I'm gonna take them uh, 34, and I I do think the Raiders will make it an interesting game. And I will say we win 34 to 24. I, I okay. still got to give the Raiders their respect. They're gonna be fighting, and I think Derek Carr might make a couple plays. But hey, like I said, six sacks. Six sacks, it better happen, all right? So, guys, it has been an amazing 2021. Uh, It it still amazes me how quick time is flying in our lives. But, hey, like we say all the time, live your best life. 2021 has come and gone. Now, 2022 is here, and we're going to start it off with a bang, and we are going to start it off with a super bowl championship run all right in this episode
1: of the blue stable podcast was brought to you by the center of disease control all
0: right man we out man. hey man we're out guys once again if you're listening on youtube make sure to hit a like comment subscribe if you are on apple podcast spotify make sure to be following rate review all that stuff It helps us out we would love if you guys were able to do that for us, 2022 is coming. The playoffs are coming. The Super Bowl championship is coming. Get ready. Get your tickets. Get ready. Obviously, open up your schedule and we'll see you Sunday. Guys, go Colts. Happy holidays. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger